dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points gon' pile up Down is the underdog fight down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Down is the underdog fight down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 153 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Uriah Dawkins, and with me tonight, again, as usual, Willie Beeman. What's up, man? Uriah, bringing the energy tonight. I like it. I like it. Trying to. Trying to. <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited to hop on tonight, so it's good. Yeah, hell yeah. I love that. We have a fun episode talking about just like what is Dynasty value. This is going to be fun. We're, we got a, some news and nonsense, of course, but we have, I think, some some fun stuff to jump into. Uh, we're going to talk about any uh, VORP data? No, we're... Dude, I don't even think you should mention it anymore. We got. <laughs> yeah, turn it off. I, I asked for you know questions in the Discord if anybody had any, and of course Jake Smartass comes in there and is like, "What's VORP?" I'm just like, "Bro, I'm dead. Stop. I can't. I can't. I can't." Uh, we've we we did that. So and the P is for player. All right. Play a. <laughs> all right. Play a player. Yeah, we're off the rails. Sweet. All right, let's hop into news and nonsense as we always do. So, again, this popped up. Uh, Javante Williams says he'll be ready for week one. Okay, so I I know. (laughs) Go ahead. I know we've talked about it a bunch, and it's like, oh, well, I'll wait and see. But, man, it's all about that, like, uh, offseason hype and coach speak and all that stuff. Like, you got to, like, careful what you wish for. But, there's a lot of smoke here. Like we've heard it from the coach. We've heard it from beat writers. Now we're hearing it from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm starting to believe dude. <laughs> yeah. You definitely have to have some discernment when, when listening to the coach speak and the player hype and all that stuff. But didn't we hear this from JK Dobbins last year? And uh, I, I think he got going pretty early on. And I, I don't think that's exactly what you want out of Javante Williams because the re-injury rate is so much higher with these kind of injuries, these, complex knee injuries right so i think if he Mm -hmm. comes back you're likely going to see you know even if it's minor some kind of soft tissue issue whether it's you know hamstring whether it's calf something you know what i mean where he's overcompensating and and you're probably going to see something like that where he's hindered so yeah i don't even know if you want him coming back week one i think that's been my take kind of the whole time anytime we've talked about this like do we really even want him coming back week one wouldn't we rather him just maybe take the time, come back and and be strong for the second half of the season for your fantasy team. So yeah, I know everybody gets excited about this and I'm sure he wants to get out there and hopefully he does for him and he's all good. But I just, that kind of stuff concerns me. And, you know, I've been off, I've been off Javonta Williams, just churn for another healthy running. All right. Uh, this next two we'll do together, Saquon and Jacobs. They're both looking for that second contract. Uh, Jacob said in an interview that he won't be at training camp if he doesn't get a deal done. Saquon, there's lots of like, oh, he's been offered this, he's been offered that. I've seen, you know, reports of him when he's talking like, hey, I don't really want to break the bank here, but, you know, I, I would like another contract. There's not much we could really say about it. You know, something's probably going to get done. I don't think we're going to see a Le'Veon Bell situation where any of these guys actually do sit out for a whole year. But so we're like, we're doing Scott Fishbowl and we're going to have redraft uh, drafts coming up where, you know, this stuff matters a little more than it does in Dynasty. Like Dynasty, I'm not worried about any of these guys, right? Mm-hmm. But 
Are you afraid to draft any of these and redraft? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Jacob's really at all. I'm pretty sure he's going to play almost no matter what. But Barkley, I mean, he seems a little bit more serious about, about getting this long-term contract. I, I think there was talks about him legitimately not playing if they don't meet, you know, somewhere close to his demands. They put out a report where he turned down $16 million or whatever a year over two or three years, and he promptly responded on social media that that's cap. <laughs> lies fake yeah you yeah. know just misinformation so you don't really know what what the truth is what's going around so i don't i typically just try not to let this stuff impact in, impact my evaluations or my my draft decisions too much so yeah barkley is sitting there at value or you know running back six is kind of what his value is in dynasty and redraft maybe slightly higher i don't know but if he's sitting there at a value i'm not going to avoid him you know over this that's for sure yeah i think that's the right take it is interesting when you see this like get played out uh, through the media whenever you start seeing like oh we offered this guy this kind of money you know that's coming from the front office mm-hmm. <clears throat> down to one of the beat writers hey put this report out that way people you know it, it, it makes saquon look selfish right and they're, they're trying to do that so whenever he gets to that point i've seen it time over time with these guys that you know that the contracts the negotiations aren't going well for either side so absolutely a lot of the sources for those kind of reports have an agenda oh yeah all of them is what it is so again you know using discernment and, and try not to let too much impact your decisions like you know don't go trading away barkley for less value because he might hold out this year yeah even if he did his value will bounce back so unless you're like a contender and you're going to get a piece back that works like that you know there's no point even kind of thinking about it all right next one's kind of cool it comes from uh at 32 beat writers the little Twitter account that I talked about before. This is a, a quote from Lions GM Brad Holmes on the whole uh, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery situation, which I thought that was really cool. So this is a really cool quote. It says, quote, Swift is a dynamic player, and Jamal was a great leader for us, meaning Jamal Williams, and he did so much for us. He had a great season. But I think Montgomery and Jameer are different backs. Montgomery does a little bit more in the passing game, and being able to add Gibbs, he's just so dynamic as a receiver. Look, he's a home run hitter. He's a home run hitter as a running back. That's the easy part. What he does as a receiver, he runs routes like a receiver. Like, I don't know. I, I That makes me feel good about both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, David Montgomery goes there, and at the time, Swift was there. And you're like, well, what's this going to be? Is Montgomery going to do the Jamal Williams role? Blah, blah, blah. You just don't really know. And you're hearing it from the GM him, himself. He has a plan for both of them. And it sounds sexy as hell. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, I, yeah, that, that is exactly how I would describe that backfield, to be quite honest with you. But I, I think that's, I mean, I think that's really interesting. He's 12th overall pick. Like, they're, like I, I'm super stoked about these guys. But what, what this kind of made me think of was I was listening to Jagger May, a uh, friend of the show, Jagger, on what was he on crossroads on dynasty crossroads with Peter Howard. And he was talking about how the NFL, you know, how the, the schemes change on defense and that impacts how offenses attack defense and whatnot. And how the NFL, at least in a, it may be short term here is going to start attacking defenses by, by kind of grinding away with the running game because they've gotten so focused on the passing game on defense. You know, it's just, there's, there's really no, there's, it's pretty much empty up front or there's not, mm-hmm. not nearly as many eight man boxes is kind of the point. Right. So he thinks that, the Montgomerys of the world have a much better chance of succeeding. And especially in that situation he's in, I, I think, you know, 
you can just see what Jamal Williams did there. And they basically have the same situation with him and Jameer Gibbs now, and it's, he's a better player. So yeah, I, I love that. But also I think, not, I think I know Brad Holmes. I don't know if it was in that same interview or during the same discussion, but I'm sure this will get everybody hot and bothered. Gibbs is quote special weapon, like Marshall Falk or Christian McCaffrey. Right. So, you know, he's getting the, uh, the, the Ron Rivera treatment, uh, for the, for, <laughs> for Antonio Gibson there. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, if that's going to be kind of the hype that's that's coming out, any shares you do have, you may want to start shopping. There may be some opportunity if people are just going bonkers over it. But yeah, I mean, I love both these running backs, and I, I think that they're going to be very successful in this offense. Yeah, I like it. It just I feel like maybe there's a point in time where people thought money was he's still a value. Dead. He's still yeah, a value. St- Look, let, is, let's see. Is. I mean, let's. I'm going to pull up his ADP. I don't know. Why I don't have this up already. Hey man, I moved back two spots in a rookie draft, and. For David Montgomery. David Montgomery's going 10.05, running back 31. Jeez. The 10th round. Yeah, I, he's going to smash like Jamal. I mean, he's not going to have 16 touchdowns or anything probably, but at that he, at that ADP, how can he not smash? So it, it's That's like crazy. Jonathan Mingo, Kadarius Tony, those kind of guys no. are going in that area, right? Like, I mean, there's some running backs in this area that like, Alexander Madison, Alvin Kamara, those guys are like definitely worthwhile in that area. But I think he's a very viable option that that people are forgetting about, and I've definitely seen him fall further than than that. So, all right, uh, this next one, this is a take from Jagger. Said, "Would you sell Kendra Miller for a second? I haven't listened to that episode yet, so I don't know the whole. I think they were talking about it. I forgot who was talking about the second round pick thing, but I thought it was interesting. I think they were talking about this actually. Um, But what I thought was interesting is just." Jagger's take on Kendra Miller in general was very similar to my take on it. And him and I, like, we do have a lot, we do have a lot of similar takes. Some, some we vary on, but him and I are both kind of like film guys and we like to balance it out by, you know, reviewing the, the relevant data points, the relevant metrics. So I think we, we kind of both have a very similar process in terms of evaluating prospects. And, and he came to kind of the same conclusion as me that, you know, as much as he may have been used in college as a pass catcher, he wasn't a very good one. He doesn't really run routes very well. He's not overly skilled at, at just receiving in general. So I don't think that's something that's going to translate to the NFL. And, and just in general, I don't think he was very impressive as a runner, right? And I've, I've talked a lot about just, you know, his, his kind of upright style of running and just there, there's a number of different things in his game. And I just thought it was interesting because you don't hear it often. You hear a lot, a lot of hype, I think for, for Kendra Miller. And I think that this was kind of one of the first people I've heard echo some of the things that I've been talking about. So I, I do think that there's a little bit more concern than maybe the market is willing to admit. So I, I, I do ask, would you take a 24 second for Kendra Miller? No, because I spent a 20, 30 second for Kendra Miller. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. I, I yeah. mean, m- most people are what hell, I think I saw him go in the first in a couple of drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never fell out of the second. So why would why would I do that? That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't think I would either. I do think that that's fine value for him. But just kind of based on what you're saying, it's a market thing, right? It's the fact that like, you don't need to sell him for a second, you could probably add a second at a third and maybe get to a, a 24 first. If you wait until in season, he might just do something in season. You know, one game is maybe enough for somebody to spend a first on him without you adding anything. So I think your eyes probably right here. 
but I I do think that this is probably where his value should be. He should just be worth a second. And uh, to me, I mean, we've seen him go in the second. He is worth a second, I guess, technically in 23, but not worth re-rolling it a year from now without knowing what kind of the upside potential could be. Exactly. I mean, if you had most rookie drafts are probably done by now, probably all of them. But if there were a rookie draft uh, tomorrow, Kendra's probably still going to go in the second. So right now, I don't, I don't see any reason to do it. Unless you've made some trades and like Kendra was a throw-in piece already and you're not a believer, then yeah, go get your second. Like cause that's, what it's, that's what it's worth right now. So since we're on Kendra Miller, Saints, Alvin Kamara, news came out about Alvin Kamara that he, what, what did they drop the felony charges, I think is what, it, is what happened. So, so, I mean, that's big news in in terms of like punishment wise, like he's not going to jail. Like that's not happening. You know what I mean? So, so there's, there's no issues. They never do. do, Right. But so there's no issues in terms of missing time from that perspective. Right. Like the the court case is going to go how it goes. He's probably like, I I would think the league's going to suspend him somewhere between three and five games anyway, just like, dude, you can't be doing this stuff. So Like, does that muddy the waters? Like, how do we feel about it? Because the backfield's like Alvin Kamara. We kind of like Jamal Williams, and then we're talking about Kendra oh, yeah. Miller. Maybe, maybe not. So, like, are you still in on Alvin Kamara? Do you think he, he, we can get him at a value? Because he's he's still going late in, like, Dynasty, um, in, Dynasty Center, in underdog drafts, like, best ball drafts. I see him pre- pretty late. Like, I mean, he was, like I just said, he's a 10th-round pick in Dynasty. Yeah, he's probably a value uh, for this year. And Dynasty, I don't really – I'll be trying to get out on – Kamara, I mean, right now it's probably not the best time because you're not getting a whole lot out of him. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess he's a hold. He's not someone I'm trying to buy, and he's not someone I could willingly sell right now for what you could probably get for him. Yeah, I think the only places that I'm comfortable taking him, dynasty wise, are in startups because he sure. te- he tends to fall. And you, if he falls, essentially, I think I got him in du three in the, like the eleventh round, and at that point, it's like. Yeah, like you kind of got to just take the value there and, and hope he plays. And at that point, he's probably going to score you way more points than most of the players that that you could take there. So um, I do think in startups, he's worth selecting, especially for win-now teams. And hey, this is a good segue to the next question. So <laughs> how do you handle aging running backs? So so I was kind of thinking of this along the lines of like the Derrick Henrys, right? The ones who, who are just like so good that – whatever value you're kind of going to get for them like in terms of production they're so good in terms of production that in season you know you probably could get more more value as long as he's healthy right at some point like he booms and you're just like somebody's going to pay a lot for this right here some contender is going to pay me a couple you know first plus whatever because that's about what he's 27 28 years old now he's 28 i think you know less less tread on the tires but older nonetheless older nonetheless and I think it's just one of those things where like he's basically worth a mid to late first right now already, right? Like mm-hmm. that's about it. So that doesn't feel good when you're trying to get out of a player like Derrick Henry, right? Like one first doesn't feel like it's going <clears> to <throat> cover the return on that investment. So like how do you handle just do you let them die on your roster? For me, I think the the one thing I've been thinking about is packaging them to try to tear up to something else, like use them as bait essentially in a trade with like a, maybe a mid-tier quarterback and try to get up to an elite quarterback you know what i mean maybe like a trevor lawrence before he, he hit or something like that like i don't know how would you handle this well i mean it's a cop-out but it's really roster dependent i think if you have a contending team that's largely older 
um, you just got to, you got to roll with it, right? You got to roll with it through say eight weeks and see where you're, you're standing in the league. And you you kind of, this is something you have to do in season. This is not something you want to try to manage in the off season, in my opinion. Like there's no reason to be selling or buying a D- Derrick Henry right now. You got to see what's going on with them, right? Uh, and and how it's going to affect your team, if it's going to help your team. Derrick Henry, when he's on the field, is helping your team a lot, a whole lot. But say, you know, you don't have the rest of the pieces and you're sitting there, you're projected, you know, six seed, fifth seed or something like that in the playoffs. Like, then you just get out on him, uh, just like you were saying to one of the other contenders. And first, I'd like that. You don't take anything less than a first. And then just like another thought is like, any one of those like big time running backs, the Dalvin Cooks, the Zeeks, um, the Derrick Henrys, Christian McCaffreys of the world. You know, at their height, they're worth like two firsts, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much is how it goes. You know, maybe a little bit more. Christian McCaffrey's definitely probably been traded for like three. Definitely, I've seen it. Yeah, but uh, you're spending high draft capital to get them, or you traded a lot to get them and you've had them for three, four years. I think it's smart to try to be prudent and look ahead and get out on that player before the value starts reaching that second round. Because then, I mean, you had a lot of years of points from them, but uh, you weren't able to like kind of recoup what what uh, you paid for them. I mean, I think that's kind of one of those things in Dynasty is like, okay, I drafted a player in this round. You want to get out of them before they're worth less than what you paid for. So even if I could only get one first for Derrick Henry, if that happens to be the 110 um, at a point where Derrick Henry is no longer useful for my roster, then I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like I didn't really lose a whole lot, had a lot of years of production. Here we go, it's already reset. But if you're holding on to one of those old guys and you're only able to get it, it's like a Zeke right now. Like You're not getting a first. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get a second. Like Dalvin Cook goes for two seconds. Like that's that's the point right there. When it's like two seconds value, like you, you got to get out. You got to find somebody who's willing to do it. Otherwise, he will die in your roster and literally just not be in the league. Right. So it's almost like the point. It's it's a good value point to kind of use as a threshold that like when they get to about first round, just one first round pick value is when you yeah. should probably start trying to get for that or plus. Like right then. Like, okay, this is about, like right now, Derrick Henry, where he's at. If you're not contending, if you don't need those points, and like I, it's much better to sell a running back in the in the offseason than buy one. <laughs> I've been telling everybody don't oh, buy yeah, a running sure. back. So yeah. you can totally sell one for the right <clears> price. <throat> if you can sell Derrick Henry on that squad for, you know, a first and a second, a 24 first and a, and a second, I'd probably be pretty comfortable doing that and feel good about it, yeah. just knowing what I know about the position <clears> and the decline and, in value like we're just talking about you don't want to get to that second round spot because you're going to feel really bad about it that's when you're going to start feeling really bad i mean just imagine having zeke right now it just yeah it would it would kill you in terms of you know feeling when you get rid of him so i think it's a good i think that's a good way to look at it i like that a lot yeah like zeke will die on all my rosters because <laughs> i can't sell him i'm just gonna yeah. hopefully he's a, hopefully he's like a good backup for like the next five years you know mm-hmm flex play type deal like yeah. uh five years wow man well I mean, you're I hoping and praying over seven. there <laughs> three years i don't care it's something i, I don't want to like five you know, years see him sail off into the sunset Those, oh my god can you imagine what he looks like 
running in five years compared to oh my goodness that guy is going to be on you know walker out there hey you know uh first and goal that's all i all we need him for is, you know, first and goal out there oh my that's goodness all right yeah that's wild okay I like that. I, I like going over that. That actually really helped. I think that actually really helped me in terms of how I, I can view it going forward with what, the point when to kind of start getting out. And that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So All right. this is something that you came up with and you're just kind of very uh, philosophical here. <laughs> what is value? It's like, it depends what your definition of is, is. Um, <laughs> what is, is. <laughs> what is, is. Well, it is. So, uh, <laughs> to cut that up oh man so how do we determine value how do you determine value yeah so i don't want to take full credit for coming up with this topic necessarily when i was on the Superflex super show with john hogue we he kind of asked me like like how do you determine value and i think i have a very clear idea of how i do it like i know exactly how i determine value from my perspective but i think it's a really good conversation to have just you know theoretically like what is value to us? Like what, how do we interpret value? How do we come up with value? And, and does everybody think of it the same way, right? And I think that's probably the most important part of it. But one way or another, for me, the way that I come up with, with value, and I think a big part of this, and you don't have to have rankings if you're as, as locked in as kind of we are, you probably have a good idea of, of you know, what one player's value is versus another versus a first round pick, second round pick, third round pick, you know, that kind of thing. For me, though, it's very helpful is kind of at least one time and I, I update mine, fair, you know, fairly often, but at least once I'm putting together dynasty rankings, right, right, putting together rankings, which gives you a roundabout guide to what you kind of think about player value, right? It's not perfect. You can't say that, you know, I trade the fourth player for the fifth player, the fifth player, you know, you can't say that that wouldn't always work. Context matters, you know, the draft you're in, the trade you're doing, the team you have, it all matters. So, but I think that's a good way to start. Then you have to look at the market. Like what is the market doing, right? Go to different sources. You go to keep trade cut, which is going to be different than ADP, which I think is probably the best market perspective you can get. And you just go to all those sources and you kind of get an idea of what others are thinking compared to what you're thinking, right? And then from, from that point on, I think I know what my value is and I know what the larger group think value is. So that's value to me, right? There, there's no, like one player doesn't have just like X value that we can all point to. It just doesn't, right? Because in my opinion, people's biases, people, you know, there's just so many factors that go into what a person thinks of a player and how they value them. It could be they don't like what they do off the field. It could be they like the color of their jersey. They like their name. They like what school they went to. You know what I mean? It could be a, so many number of things that that makes one player more valuable to somebody than it, than it does to me. So value is totally fluid and barely real. But I think that you you have data points that you can use if you have your own value and then you have market value and you can kind of you can basically play them against each other. You can, you know, you can say, okay, I value this player higher than the market. So this is what I have to do with them. They value this player higher than the market. So I can go buy them, whatever it is. So I think that's how I interpret value and that's how I utilize it. What about you? Yeah. I, I always, just cause I mean, I don't mean to brag, but I, you know, I've never really had like a, a rebuilding roster yet. Like I've always been making the playoffs in pretty much all my leagues, you know, year after year so far so like 
I'm always looking for points. Um, I'm working for points. Uh, age kind of matters a little bit, but when it comes to value, um, the best way to check it is uh, ADP for sure. Like what players are going in there, if you're doing a one-to-one swap or whatever it happens to be. But I just like to see, okay, how many points is this player projected to score this year versus the other players or whatever in the pool of the the, the trade that I'm going for? Well, you know, talking about value, you're talking about trading, right? So, you know, if I'm going to be trading away, like maybe a 27-year-old running back who's going to score me, uh, you know, 14 points per game, but I could trade him away for a wide receiver that's 25 or 24, that's going to get me like 12 points per game or something like that. I might do something like that because I know that that, that running back isn't going to be doing that for very much longer. So there's a lot of value there where somebody's going to give up a a lesser player as far as point scoring goes, and I might be able to get out on an aging player. Um, anytime I think anytime I think there's a player that is going really, really late in drafts, but is still putting up a lot of points, like we've talked about before, kind of with the redraft versus dynasty ADP, you know, I, I value the players that are going to score me points a lot more than I do age, um, draft pedigree, uh, team, offense, anything like that. That's what it kind of comes down to me. Like, I, I just kind of value the player. I mean, it seems simple, right? Everybody wants players that are going to score you points, but some people are really focused on having really young rosters or a lot of draft picks or trying to churn and burn, having those uh, quote-unquote like sexy rosters. I don't really care about that. Uh, your sexy roster could look pretty old in uh, sh- short order. So I just I, I just value the players who, um, yeah, are going to score me points. That seems like a stupid answer, but it is what it is. I just I really I really look to that. Like I don't really care about being younger or uh, having the hot new thing. I just kind of I want a guy who's going to plug and play and score me points. <laughs> you don't like the roster that's going to get the most likes on Twitter. What's wrong with you? No, no, no. <laughs> No, I, not I, at all. I actually love the way that you know the place that you took that because it was totally different than my answer. And also, you said a couple of things like value. We're talking about trading, right? And it's like, are we? Because like, what is value to you? And value to you is is points, right? Value more than anything. Obviously, there's other factors involved depending on what you're doing when you're trading. Points may not necessarily matter to you as much, right? So value again is fluid, even I think to an individual like. To me, like my value of players may change depending on what my team makeup is, what I'm trying to do. If I'm trying to contend, then players of points are going to hold more value to me, right? Than than dynasty value. So from that perspective, I may throw my rankings out the window and say, yeah, I'm gonna trade a younger player with more dynasty value for an older player with less dynasty value, may score me more points, but I may be losing on this deal. And you know what I mean? So does value even matter at, at some point? Like I think it totally matters because you can manipulate it. You can manipulate your opponents with with your values against market values, market values against your values, the whole nine yards. So I, I do think it's, I, I just think it's a very, value is something that we talk about a lot. And we just say like, oh, this player's value is this. But I don't think we necessarily define what we mean by value all the time, right? Because when I, again, like when I look at players value for this year, like I'm also looking at points too. Like I'm, an, I, I'll do the projections. Like I'm going through them right now. And I do the projections, and I want to see where these guys are all going to line up in terms of this year and how that impacts kind of what I'm looking for and what I want, and you know what what you think of those players going forward. Because again, points per game is fairly predictive of future success and future points, right? So all those things are important in terms of creating a value for the player that 
that I'm ranking, right? But yeah, it's it's just one of those things that changes, I think, depending on what you're doing. And it's something you should always keep in mind in terms of how you're how you're creating your own values, what you think of players, and what you perceive market value to be. Or is it are you just trading players like to another are you making trade offers based on your values alone? Because if you're doing that, you're you're not doing it right, first of all. You're leaving a lot of meat on the bone because many times if you're doing that you may over you may undervalue a player and just make a terrible trade you may overvalue a player and offend your trade your trade partner on a level that you can't come back from you know what i mean there's no recovery so i just think that like it does happen but i just think that you know value plays a part in it and i think that's how it happens is people aren't they really aren't taking into account other people's value market value what their team makeup is and what you know kind of the value of the player trying to trade is going to actually mean to them. So I think that's what John is kind of getting at when he's like asking people about what value is, because at some point, like your, your version of value doesn't matter. Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be a lot simpler if uh, there was just like one set of like rankings or <laughs> we would, well, <laughs> we wouldn't be oh. here. And also, also, I, I, I don't think like it would be fun that way either. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I honestly, I think I brought this up before. Like, how fun would it be if there was like, there just were no trade calculators and no rankings, and like you just went off like your own personal shit. Like, that would be awesome. That's what they used to do. <laughs> I know. Like, like back then, like there's that's the edge. Like, how how keyed in are you? You know, but yeah, that's fun. Uh, yeah, value. It really is different. Yeah, um, I just I know that. There are certain people out there um, that value age a whole lot more than than I do, uh, uh, and so I, I try when I make my trades or accept trades. I try to think about that. Like I don't mind giving up a little bit younger player if I'm going to keep my roster going, scoring points. Yeah, and we talked. I think one of the things we talked about this offseason was kind of going and looking at your opponent's rosters in general and kind of the moves they make, the transactions they make, like what they do. Do they buy young players all the time? All, all you have to do is go into MFL, go to uh, trades, go to each team, and you can literally see what they trade for often and see do you they just love young players? And you can take advantage of that. If, you know, if, if you're Uriah and you don't care about youth that much and you're looking for points, those are your targets right there. That's, that's, what you're, that's how you're using the value. That's how you're kind of attacking the, you know, your league mates with value. And, and yeah, I think that's a great conversation. So I don't think everybody thinks about how they build value in general. No, not, not enough, at least. Oh. All right. This next one. Approach with a dynasty roster. Uh, it's basically... Oh, yeah. Like you're talking, yeah. Of, talking about kind of like an aging roster and uh, <laughs> well, what do we do? Yeah, that's kind of... I, it is So specifically, I was talking about a, kind of a specific situation. And I think a lot okay. of... I think a lot of dynasties, like managers find themselves in the situation after a number of years of playing or going for, you know, a win now kind of approach. You have a team full of old assets, probably one or two that, that aren't super old, but that are, you know, really good, valuable assets. Say, you know, you say it's a team where you've, you've been competitive for a title or you've won a title in the past year or two, but you just see this team is like just breaking down old. You have Kelsey, you have Eckler, you have, you know, these are the kind of assets you have. They're still good assets. They're great assets. They're probably going to help a team win this year. Maybe yours even, but they're dying assets. You know, they're, they're on the way out. How do you handle a roster like that? 
do you do you just play it out hoping to win another title because that's our goal in fantasy most of the time or do you try to do something crazy just spin the dial churn the whole thing and try to win in a year or two like how, how like how do you approach it because you know that if you're trading those pieces people are going to see that you're dumping them and they're going to try to get them at value and they're not going to give you the most value your league's going to see what you're doing so what do you do with that i know what i would do with that kind of in that situation right now uh, in, a, in a sleeper league i came in second last year i came in second the year before i have like derrick henry nick chubb uh, jonathan taylor tyreek hill chris godwin amari cooper all those guys High scoring players. That's exactly right? what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I'm going through it right now and I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to go try to win this damn thing. <laughs> Hell yes. That's the, <laughs> that's kind of the only answer, I think. Yeah. So Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, Tyre, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins, Amari Cooper, Fryer Muth, Chubb, Godwin, Damian Harris, Cousins. I mean, mm. and then uh, really, really good bench. But they're all, I don't have any like, hardly any second year players, any third year players, anything like that. But this team's going to, this team's going to go to the championship. Most likely. If it doesn't. Okay. Yes. This is where this is. If it doesn't, you find yourself a a squad like that. That's old, but they're scoring hella points. You're going to make the playoffs, but you may not advance. And this is where like no trade deadline really, really helps. Once you're eliminated, sell, sell, sell to the highest bidder. Who wants to buy a championship? And you just send them off. You send them off. You send them off for younger players. And you send them off for picks. And uh, you're going to still be left with a bunch of old guys that are going to score you a lot of points next year. But hopefully you could get rid of a couple of those before they start losing dynasty value. So, yeah, I'm going to go try to win this damn thing. I'm going to go win the whole damn thing. And if I don't, I'm selling. Okay. And I think that's what you have to do. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's a great approach, especially in a lot of leagues we play in, don't have trade deadlines. So you can definitely enact that you can you can definitely enact that plan uh on your opponents down the stretch. But even if even if you do have a trade deadline, say it's you know somewhere between week ten and four you know, what, ten, fourteen, ten and like usually it's ten and twelve, somewhere between there. Even if you do, you just gotta be really honest with yourself. Really honest with yourself. Yeah. Don't tell yourself you're gonna win a championship because you just want to on the last leg of this thing. You tried. You did your best. It didn't work out. Admit it to yourself and do the same thing Uriah is talking about before the trade deadline and get rid of guys. Now, let me ask you, Uriah. This is, I love this roster you have because it's so perfect for what I'm talking about in terms of all the assets you have. You have an elite QB. You have Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that if you don't win? Do you sell him? Because that's your like, – No. Okay. That's your anchor? <laughs> no. That's your anchor? <laughs> yeah, you're keeping Josh Allen until you know he's not Josh Allen anymore. Yeah absolutely not like i know there's a lot of people out there like this is his value is never going to be higher go ahead and you know sell him for two first get a young stud and a couple first ones. like no or or i could just keep him on my roster and have like a top five dynasty running back for the next or uh, running back <laughs> yeah maybe quarterback <laughs> same thing for the for the next five six years like i um i'm never ever mad setting a lineup and i see that josh allen's there in my starting quarterback position and i'd be sad to see him go there's no there's there's no way I will be selling Josh Allen on this team. Absolutely not. No way. That's a team where like, and you can do the same thing with Kelsey and one of those running backs or, or even a receiver, but you can essentially go and, and package Derrick Henry and Chubb at the, de- or at the deadline or after you, you know, you've gotten kicked from the playoffs, booted from the playoffs. Yeah. You can sell both of those for like intense value, most likely if they're both he- healthy. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like a Kelsey and one of those guys, like you could, I'm, I'm talking about like, 
two first round picks and a, and a young guy, you know I mean? You could just start like getting a lot of value that you're just not going to be able to get a year from now or even yep. three weeks from when you do that after the championship and everybody starts looking at next year's values. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's a really good approach that your eye is talking about there, but you do have to have an active league. That's literally the only thing, but why are you playing in a league that's not active? Exactly. Just leave them. Just leave them. It's okay. It's one of the best things I ever did. Oh my goodness. We're Shout out get, safe leagues. We're going to get, we need to get DU too, like pumping, bro. I don't know. So hopefully this season, you know, just wakes them up because uh, you guys bug me. Yeah, start booting them. <laughs> I love all our listener leagues, but DU too. Oh, and so there, there are two, there are two things, uh, two uh, key tools that like you could help. This is a new one that we had uh, Kevin Coleman on. Uh, the boys underscore 22 shout out from the Debbie Royale. And he had mentioned in that pod, a uh, newer website that probably not a lot of people have heard about. So we'll talk about it again. It's called dynasty slash daddy.com. And you could go in there and you can put in your MFL login user uh, information. You can put in your sleeper ID, click a little link and it gives you a decent little, I'm, I've packed in the DU leagues. I'm going to go and run this for all of them. It's very similar to what I did in our last year, looking at like, are you contender pretender? Shows you strength of your. <clears throat> it ranks your uh, each each position: quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, running back, one through twelve. One being you have the best room out of everyone else in your league. Twelve being you have the worst room out of everyone in the league, and that will kind of help you determine where your team is at now. It's not perfect. Like I'm, I'm sure they do some uh, mumbo jumbo in the background for that app that gets it pretty close to show you like where you <clears throat> kind of line up with everybody else. It says that. Billy is the number one contender in DU one, so there's probably a problem there. But check it out. Dynasty Sounds like slash... Dynasty Daddy is right on point. Sounds like they are <laughs> they're cooking with gas over there. It's cool that what it shows me is that I have the number one ranked uh, running back room there, which is true. I have just a ton of running backs, even after selling some last year. But I have the worst wide receiver room. So what does that tell me? I need to go find the guy who has a better wide receiver room than he does a running back room and make a trade. So it's it's free, it's easy to use, check it out. We're not sponsored or anything. I just I found it very useful and easy to use. The other one is for in-season on MFL, looking at the all-play record. So you're sitting there week eight, week nine, week 10, trade deadline's coming up soon. Maybe you're uh, six and four and you're like, oh, you know, a couple unlucky weeks, I should maybe be eight and two. Well, you could look, how would you have fared against everybody? And if your uh, all-play record is like worse than your actual record, it means that you've been kind of lucky. And that could be kind of a wake-up call saying, hey, yeah, you maybe need to start selling before the trade deadline. So check those two things out. That'll help you. That's one of your yearly ones. I know you say that all the time. The I do. Checking yep. the all-play. But it's honestly, it's it's a good one. And I, I almost, I, I forget it almost every time until you say it again. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great one to look at while I'm, while I'm, you know, just checking over my teams during the season. Like that is it really is kind of like a little cheat code to see where you're actually at. Cause he's right. If, if you're, if your all play record is worse than your actual record, your team's not that good. It's just, it, yeah. there's variance and you know, you're getting lucky in fantasy. If you're like three quarters of the way through the season and you're technically ranked like fourth or fifth in the league, say fifth in the league, but you have a guy that's ranked six with a better all play record or a guy that ranks seventh with a better all play record. And then you have guys that are ranked you know, first and second, and they're like at 80, you know, 80 something percent all play. And you're sitting at like, you know, 60% all play with a couple of guys who are a little bit higher than you. Like, you just know you kind of 
kind of got lucky along the way. And you can really hope that you get lucky the rest of the way, but that's probably not the best way to look at it. That I think that's a good sign that says, hey man, it's it's uh it's time to bail out for this year. Or add something, add some significant or firepower. Exactly. Do one or the other, whatever you know, your heart desires and what you're seeing. That's the shit or get off the pot moment. <laughs> exactly. You gotta make a decision. You gotta make a decision. So. Exactly. No, that's a great like that's such a good such good advice from your either. Love that. Every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Every once in a while. We you know, broken clock is right twice a day, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, we ready to finish this off with some trades? We are. So uh, this one I wrote down right away because I just really want to talk about it. I got an offer from our buddy Ben in uh, DU2, and he sent me a whole uh, 24 picks, you know, first, second, third, fourth. And he wanted to get Chubb and Pacheco. And I was like, man, I I have a lot. I was just talking about it. I have a lot of uh, strong running backs in that team. I could afford. I won this league last year, by the way. So I'm like, man, if you want Chubb, now's a good time to get on Chubb, as we've been talking about. I'm like, man, I need to get by with points somehow still. I can't lose Chubb's points altogether just for some picks. I won last year. There's no reason for me to go out and get the first, the second, third, and fourth for next year. I don't even want his third and fourth. So I'm like, well, I'm going to try to. I don't. I just, I don't like taking. <laughs> I just don't like picking third and fourth round picks that much. But, um, so I looked at his roster and I come up with a bunch of different solutions. Uh, and I, I, instead of just declining or rejecting, I actually did a counter, which I don't do a lot of, just because I was interested. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I could get rid of Chubb. I really wanted to see what Pacheco will be. And he has um, CEH, so I'm not sure why he wanted Pacheco too, So, which is kind of just weird to me. But I wanted to keep Pacheco, wanted to get rid of Chubb. But I needed to kind of replace some of his points. So I sent him the offer for DJ Moore because I'm weak at one, uh, wide receiver on that uh, squad. DJ Moore is 26 or whatever. And uh, he's a good player. He's a really good player. And he will score my points. And I thought value-wise would be about a second uh, for his team should finish would be mid to late. Uh, so I sent him DJ Moore in a second for Chubb. No Pacheco. And he just declined. Really? Are any of these huh. interesting to you? Yeah, I mean, the DJ Moore in a second one, I'm kind of surprised. I, like, that seems like a good trade for Nick And he Chubb. has a lot of wide receivers, young ones, established ones. Like, he's solid at the wide receiver position, so it's kind of – I thought it would get done. I definitely thought that one would get done. I mean, I, I'm plugging it into to Dynasty Trade Calculator because I just want to see – not that that's like what his values are necessarily, but yeah, the, uh, I mean, that's like, it's pretty close. I guess they have pretty much DJ Moore and Nick Chubb valued the same. And the second is, is addition on top, but not much. So that's interesting, man. I think like in season you could easily get that or more for Chubb, to be honest with you. Like once he starts scoring points and he's, you know, dominating touches on that team, I think, I think the price just goes up immediately I, I don't know i don't know if we're trying to buy low like i or I, not that that's necessarily buying low but like that's kind of i feel like the going price but then again maybe he's thinking look let's wait more towards the season make sure everything's the way it is we talked about this a lot too like you don't need to buy running backs like we were saying a minute ago you don't need to buy running no, backs no. right now so it's like if you're not getting them at a good value or value and this is i guess technically giving a value to the market then doesn't really make sense to do it 
Yeah, I don't like. I wouldn't do the one, two, three, four either if I were you. Uh, no, for no. for Chapman Pacheco, that's just too much in general. I don't even know if I would do like straight up one, two, three, four for Chubb. To be honest with you, I, I just I, I see such a good season coming from him. I I just don't know if if there's any reason to sell at value or low. You know what I mean? You kind of got to get plus on him. I think at this at like at this juncture with his situation with what the outlook is. You, there's just so much opportunity there. It doesn't make sense to to sell him low right now when you have months months to go. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Like it, it would have hurt moving Chubb, just like my chances to repeat because he's going to score so many points. But I thought, well, my wide receiver room is it's shaky. So I was like, okay, I could do that. Keep Pacheco. Hopefully, Pacheco has a season similar to last year, maybe a little bit better. And then DJ Moore is going to score me probably more points than any other wide receiver I have on my roster right now. I still would probably be losing some points just hoping for more production from some of the young uh running backs i have on my team so i thought it was fair i kind of I, I thought i would get done to be honest so i did too i mean I, th- I guess i think that the market is lower on dj more than they might actually be yeah going to chicago and the volume yada 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 but yeah i mean i thought that would get done too i think it's i think that would have been a good trade for kind of both sides i think it's fair. it's pretty fair uh, yeah surprise surprise he didn't he didn't take the bait interesting okay damn cool. you ben yeah, Ben's Ben is a uh, Ben sharp and he's tough. He's tough to trade with. He's sharp. Yeah, just like all of us, like tough to trade with. <laughs> it's not easy. Uh, all right, so we have a Discord trade. Wanted to go over it real quick. Uh, our buddy Joe, who won the invite to the Warrior Bowl, he's been trying to make a trade, and this is kind of what it finally came down to. And I think originally he was getting back. Cortland Sutton instead of the last player that I'll be mentioning in this deal. Uh, so it goes, he sent Cam Akers, DJ Moore, speak of the devil, Jaden Reed, the new Packers wide receiver, for Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks, and Juwan Johnson, the tight end for the Saints. And let me give that to you one more time. <clears throat> there was a lot of players there. So he sent Cam Akers, DJ Moore, Jaden Reed for Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks and Jawan Johnson. Yeah, okay, I, I like it. Uh, he's probably competing. I like that he got a young piece back in Burks, mm-hmm. Derek Henry. I like his side better, just in general. Cam Akers, man. Uh, hey, he, he got out on Cam Akers. Right? Great way to get so out. Now you don't have to. Now you don't have to worry <laughs> about it, right? Um, yeah, I like this for him. Jawan Johnson will be interesting to see what kind of happens with him this year. Yeah, in general, I like that trade. Uh, DJ Moore. Kind of a player I want to get, but I mean, like DJ Moore or Trey Lumber. It's pretty, right? But I, in a year from now? Yeah, depending on your build, like if you can tolerate waiting a year for Trey Burks, you know, might be worth yeah. it. Might be worth it. And what do you got? Uh, Acres or Henry? Easily Henry for me. It's like, in easily Henry. I know he's going to fall off a cliff soon. It's going to happen, but it doesn't matter. At least, you know, he's, he's going to stick around. Cam Akers is still trying to climb back up on the cliff to fall off again, all right? Like exactly. <laughs> and then you have uh Jaden Reed, who I just I have absolutely no faith will do anything there. I think the other wide receivers and even the new tight end on that roster is better than Jaden Reed. So <laughs> damn. Which one? Because <laughs> there's two of them. I'm Brent Strange the, and the, Tucker or not Tucker Crown. T- I don't know. Somebody is it Tucker uh, Yeah, wh- whoever the fuck they draft. <laughs> Fair enough. Better than Jaden Reed, though. Better than I don't think Jaden Reed's very good wide receiver. So, oh man, I liked I liked uh, him out of Michigan State. He's, he's I, not. I yeah, believe yeah, yeah. he was pretty very low in the model. So he was. He uh, was. If I remember correctly, like, 
past wide, wide receiver 12 out of the group. So the model rules all the model rules all. Yeah. I, I, it's been pretty good last couple of years. It has, it has, the models are great. Uh, Juwan Johnson. Interesting. Joe's planted his flag on him. I, I, I think that I, I was a big Juwan Johnson guy, like really back end tight end. And he might still be the guy, but uh, who's the guy that I'm thinking of that's over there now. Foster who, Moreau. Foster Moreau. Yeah. He had, he had the cancer. They still gave him the money. He's back. I, I think they want him to kind of be the guy. And I think he's, a better prototypical tight end, like can do more things than Jawan Johnson, who's more of like a big slot receiver. But that said, he Joe could be right on Jawan Johnson. He does, doesn't make or break this deal. Like Jawan Johnson for Jaden Reed is whatever. But yeah, he's easily for me, Henry over Akers. I said this in the chat when he originally posted like the first deal that had Cortland Sutton instead of Jawan Johnson, which, you know, whatever. But like, I guess Jawan Johnson is fine com- compared to him. But I think Burks and Moore is like, I just think people are sleeping on Burks. I, I like Traylon Burks a lot. I think he has a lot of value. I think that he's going, I think that he's a lot like DJ Moore, to be honest with you. He's a big play machine. So I think you might just be getting younger DJ Moore, even though it, it kind of in the same situation that DJ Moore was always in. Now DJ Moore may, may be in a better Trappy situation. quarterback yeah, for your yeah. entire career. But but it, it can get right. It can get right faster than we it think. It sure can. I just think the huge is like the two big, big, big pieces as a Derrick Henry and Akers. I think it's a smash there, even though Henry, we know is going to fall off soon, but Akers, like you said, he, he's not even at a point where he, he could fall. So uh, I think it's a great way to get out on Akers. And so like on Shark Tank for that reason, uh, I, I like Joe's side of this trade more. Yeah, I do too. I think it was a good way to to I th- also like what I'll say about the Cortland Sutton Juwan Johnson part. Not anything about like the dynasty value or anything, but I think like he got a player that he wanted, right at yeah. the end of that deal. He didn't want Cortland Sutton, so one way or another, like Juwan Johnson is a better player for his team, and he believes in him, and that is kind of what we're talking about of value, right? His value yeah. of Juwan Johnson is way higher than most people's value probably, and that's okay. You got to plant your flag sometimes on these guys, and sometimes those edges matter and and the feeling that you have this is one of the things about dynasty because it's still fun right <laughs> planting your flag and having it pan out feels so good yeah feels so good so if juan hits right you know has like a top 10 you know that's all you need or something that's like, all you need some mesh right you know what i mean you're like okay all right i, I was it. right <laughs> Cortland Cortland sutton ends up you know wide receiver 36 so then yeah 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 absolutely i love that i love that yeah Okay, so we had one more question come from the Discord. This is uh, Jake, friend of the show, has been on the show, did any given pod yeah. with me for a while. Love when he when he brings the questions in. He said, players you would trade Dotson, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver for Washington Commanders now, uh, Jahan Dotson, one for one. So what player would you just trade straight up? Would you trade Jahan, Jahan Dotson for straight up? Who would you feel comfortable? I'll let you go first. I have a couple. Ah, I should have been thinking about this a little bit more. Just off the top of my head, I think DJ Moore. I'd go ahead and just trade him off for DJ Moore. Okay. And I think you might actually go get a little bit plus. I don't know. Dotson's value is pretty high still, right? Yeah, he goes about around two and a half behind him uh, in in startups. But in turn, I could look it up on Dynasty Trader. It's all good. No, I mean, I have it right here. Yeah. (laughs) DJ Moore. Uh, I might I might trade him straight up for his counterpart on the team, Terry McLaurin. Uh, just I think he's a better player. I still I know Dotson had a pretty good rookie season, and maybe I'm ignoring it, but Sim- I'm still like similar value by the way to DJ to DJ Moore. Okay, see there you go. And I'm still kind of resting on maybe my uh, priors because I didn't really like the guy coming out of college. I he got drafted in the first, and I was like, whoa. I don't know. I just 
he didn't have a very did he first he was, uh, what he, second round pick by the Commanders? Oh no, he was a first round pick. Okay. He was a first round pick. He was, a he was pick. it's yeah. like in the twenties or something. Like yes, yes. And then, uh, but I know that week one he came out and caught two touchdowns, but his target share was not great. But when he was out there, he did produce. Um, I was looking at targets per game for him not too long ago, and if I remember correctly, it was like a bunch of like four or five target type games, which I just don't really like that volume and i don't think that they're getting a quarterback upgrade i don't think they're getting really a downgrade either uh we'll have to see but looking at the possibility of dotson scoring me more points than say dj moore or terry mclaurin ain't gonna happen i don't think will happen maybe it will but i'm gonna trade it for like a mclaurin uh, a dj moore a deontay johnson maybe even an older guy i wonder how close now Diggs is probably still very valued isn't he mm-hmm. um yeah Guys like that, um, maybe even like a Chris Godwin. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm sure there's other players of different positions that are going around in ADP, but just off the top of my head, I can't think of any. Definitely. Okay, so sorry, I'm actually you. You kind of had me go and start looking at uh at his metrics real quick, and because I remember he was a touchdown machine. First of all, that was a big part of it. He was a touchdown machine. He had seven touchdowns on the year rookie season that's ridiculous but his per target metrics and his per route metrics weren't all that great like his yards per route run 1.5 like that's yeah that's not what you want to see is you know so his target share 15.5 percent i mean it's not yeah. terrible but it's not great either so yeah it, the, the raw numbers were okay but from per route basis he wasn't that great and i, I know that he wasn't as efficient wasn't as efficient as everybody likes to make them out to be because the raw numbers end of season totals, right? So for me, you mentioned a guy who I would also trade him for, Deontay Johnson, straight up easily. And Deontay Johnson goes like a round or two behind him in startups. I there you go. imagine you could easily get plus value for Deontay. Like Deontay plus uh, John, and, and move John Dotson for that. I would take Zay Flowers straight up. I just like... I know that we've seen it from Jahan Dotson, but I ha- I personally think that he that Zay Flyers could easily match what what Jahan Dotson did, not in terms of necessarily touchdowns, but definitely match the per target metrics and and probably exceed them. So that's what I'm looking for. Russell Wilson goes one spot behind him in startups per bulletproof ADP. I'll see. That's a that's a cheap way to get a starting quarterback in superflex, right? And and I don't think anybody's going to trade you Russell Wilson straight for Jahan Dotson. I, I I'm like let's be honest, but what if you have a, a Ryan Tannehill on your team too, what and and a third, and you just package those up to go get that to go get a Russell Wilson? You know what I mean? Like I'm like that. I'm t- I'm I'm willing to do something like that because uh, I think you're going to need a little plus on top of Jahan Dotson just in terms of it being a quarterback for wide receiver and super flex. Yeah, but it's or like it's, the Kendra Miller and, and Dotson. Oh God, wow! Right? You're I mean sweet lullabies you're speaking i mean you're speaking the sweet stuff to me right now yes absolutely i love that trade another one marquise brown goes like two spots behind him per adp i take i take marquise brown easily straight up marquise brown's still mm-hmm. just like 26 years old or 25 whatever he is super young so if you're worried about age throw that out the window yeah like i those there's a lot of options to get out of jahan dotson and probably get plus value on almost all of the targets we're talking about here except russell wilson those are some good options yeah, I think so too. Well done. Anything else you want to talk about? 
Uh, I think that's all I got other than, you know, join our Discord. I did jump on this week on the Factory Tour, uh, the Dynasty Football Factory podcast with with Paul Patterson, again, friend of the show, of course. He's doing an, an absolutely amazing job crushing that show. He's really putting the work in, and, and it shows. I was on there with him, and it was a lot of fun. So go ahead and check that out. Yeah, like I said, join our Discord. Do that and do it again. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Dynasty Underdog. Check us out on Spotify, please. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Uriah Dawkins, and at Willie Beeman DFF. Have a good night, guys. Later, fam. What is it? Well, it is. Well, it is.